It's time now for North Star Sports, your source for the hottest sports takes in the business. Here's your host, Owen Ely. Hello, everyone, and welcome to North Star Sports. I'm your host, Owen Ely. You can follow me on Twitter at Owen Ely MN. You also can follow North Star Sports on Twitter at North Star MIN. Be sure to check out our website at NorthStarsports.media. And welcome to the show, everyone. we got a great one for you today here on this Saturday, November 14th, as we look to preview UFC Fight Night Felder versus Dos Anjos, which will take place in a matter of hours here. Uh, good to be back with you guys. Um, I don't think there's any housekeeping to get to here. I think we'll keep this one relatively uh, brief and to the point. Um, we will have the main card showdown here um, in a few hours. I've still been yet to determine the matchups. I mean, obviously, the mailman's the champ, but um, it looks like we'll have four four people doing it. And uh, I don't know. I don't know. It's a, it's a, it's a split-decision, split-second uh, type of thing. Could be, could be Jordan. He did win his last uh, match. That would make a lot of sense. We also got the Hound Dog and uh, uh, the Fireman, so... I don't know. I'm going to have to think uh, long and hard about that one. But uh, rest assured, there will be the main card showdown. And I believe next week is actually going to be the start of the November Grand Prix. Um, Yeah, and that that should be fun. And I don't know who's going to be in that as well. I mean, obviously me, obviously the fireman, but uh, the rest are uh, to be determined. Um, So that'll be uh, interesting. (coughs) Excuse me. So take another sip of my coffee there to get uh, ample, amply uh, caffeinated. Still a little groggy from uh, waking up, but uh, yeah, that sh- that should be about it uh, for um, housekeeping. So uh, we'll get right into this one. Um, a lot of a lot of changes to this card. Obviously, most notably the the main event, which we'll get to uh, in a matter of minutes. But uh, you know, it's it's always fun to look at the canceled and fizzled bouts. Um, on Tapology, and man, there's a lot of really fucking good fights that that we're missing out on. Uh, so that that kind of sucks. Obviously, there's there's still a handful of some some pretty good fights um, on here, but I mean, man. Uh, so we have Brian Barberina. Uh, he had to withdraw because of surgery. Hopefully, uh, everything's going good with that guy. Uh, and he was supposed to fight Daniel Rodriguez, and that that would have been a great. Great fight. I think Rodriguez is 3-0 and in 2020, 3-0 in the UFC. Um, crazy power. Very dangerous left side of the body, kind of like OSP. And Barbarina is one of the funner fighters to watch that maybe a lot of people might not know about. You know, I've always said, you know, probably the greatest fight of all time. I don't think anybody, well, you might disagree with it, but I think everybody, if you had a top five, I mean, hell, even top three or top two, uh, Lawler, McDonald, too, is obviously on there. Um, but I, I, you know, a hidden gem for, I'm not going to say the greatest fight of all time, but certainly top five is Barbarina and Vincente Luque. I forget which fight card it was. I want to say it was in like 2018, uh, maybe early 2019, but that's a fucking amazing fight that probably most people could go, could go back and watch just because it was, I'm pretty sure it was on the ESPN plus platform. Um, so unfortunate we don't get to see that one. Um, I guess it's a it's a good thing that we're doing the preview, fucking t minus two hours before the show, um, 
because otherwise we would have previewed this fight and it and it fell through. Um, Antonio Arroyo and uh, Eric Anders is off. I think that news broke uh, a handful of hours ago. Um, you know that's unfortunate. Uh, Arroyo, uh, uh, contender series guy. Um, in fact, I think he was on a couple of seasons of of the contender series. I'm I'm almost fairly certain he was on the Brazilian contender series, and then I think he came back uh, to when it was uh, back in. Um, in Vegas, yep. So he was on there twice, and uh, he he made his debut against uh, Andre Muniz back in November. But uh, he's had five canceled bouts um, in the last calendar year. Uh, DiCherico, Holland, Trevin Giles, Eric Anders, and he was actually supposed to fight uh, Andreas Michalidis, um tonight as well, uh, and, and that fell through. So uh, you know, unfortunately for that guy, a lot of a lot of fights getting canceled and Eric Anders is always a fun guy to watch too I mean he's got good power I saw him when he was uh here in Minneapolis he knocked out um oh who did he not Vin- uh, Vinicius Mejeda who's not a very good fighter by the way but uh yeah and, and you know the thing about Eric Anders is he's I think he's lost like five of his last seven fights but it's kind of disingenuous because they've all for the most part been interesting and he's faced a lot of tough guys like that um that main event he had against Leo Machida that was on short notice down in Brazil and I think he he might have even gone to a split decision on that one which is crazy um but that that was actually going to be a pretty uh exciting fight um obviously the main event Islam Makachev uh got injured <clears throat> so obviously not fighting Benitez and Justin Janes eh uh, Julian Marquez and Saperbeg Safarov. Okay, that's a little interesting. I mean, Marquez was the guy who f- fucking killed a guy on the first series of, uh, of the Contender Series, the first season of the Contender Series, uh, with that head kick. Uh, that was that was brutal. But yeah, a lot of a lot of good canceled bouts, uh, which you, you never want to see. You never want to see. Um, but with that, we'll we'll get right into the uh, preview. So we'll start off here with the uh, prelim opener. It's a heavyweight fight here between Dontel Mays and Roque Martinez. Roque Martinez. Doesn't really matter because uh, he's probably going to get cut after this fight. Uh, Mays is 7-4. Martinez is 15-6-2. We look at the uh, odds, uh, as always, that come from uh, Odds Shark, although that's not... Uh, not a sponsorship, although if they want to pay me, pay me money, that'd be uh, that'd be much appreciated. And they have uh, Dante Mays as the minus two sixty favorite. Um, I, I think that's pretty fair. Uh, again, this is um, ah shoot, what was the fight last week? But there was a fight very similar to this where like uh, you know it's just two guys trying to find footing in the UFC. I mean they're both relatively new to the UFC, and uh, you know Dante Mays is a specimen. I mean, this guy's only 28, which is pretty pretty young, all things considered, for heavyweight. 6'6", six six, 262, 82-inch reach. Um, and I always, I always say never... It's never good when you come in around the limit at heavyweight, because that really never seems to work out. But when you're 6'6", six six, okay, that's, that's, you know... I'm not going to say that's good, but, you know, listen, you, you look at this guy and... Not, not, not really uh, a whole lot of fat on him, so you know definitely carries it well. Um, but again, a guy who's who's struggling to to uh, you know find footing in the UFC. He's he's done very good work outside of the UFC. Um, it's it's just it, it's just he's got he's got to get he's got to get his first UFC win, and I think he probably gets it here tonight. I think he beats 
uh, Martinez, not for really any um, uh, specifically profound reasoning. Uh, it's not like I've spent hours, you know, going combing over the tape of Dante Almeida. Um, but uh, he, he is a talented fighter. But it's just he, he lost to Cyril Gan. Uh, which went all the way to the third round. And again, like I always say, it was the same thing with Tanner Bozier before he lost to Arlovsky. It's like, man, Cyril Gaon's probably a future champ, so it, you know, it's not a whole lot of shine off your back if you lose to him. Obviously, you hope you win every fight, but it's not not a whole lot of shine off your back. And then got choked out by Rodrigo Nascimento, very good BJJ practitioner. Um, so, you know, he's just, he's just got to get off the schneid here. And actually, interestingly enough, um, in April of 2018, he uh, has a unanimous decision victory over Mohamed Usman, uh, who is the uh, older brother of Kamara Usman. Definitely the brother of Kamara Usman. Uh, 31 years old. Damn, how old is Kamaru? They could be twins for all I know. I, I, I guess I don't know how old Kamaru Usman is. No, it must be the younger brother. But, but either way, the, the brother of Usman, I guess that's the only notable thing about Dante Mays. And then, uh, you know, looking very, very, very quickly at, uh, at Roque Martinez. Rock Martinez, I don't, no idea. Um, he's from Guam, so that's interesting. We, we had that guy from Guam beat that Russian guy. I, I forget his name, Five Star or whatever his nickname was. Um, so who knows? Maybe there's some momentum with uh, with Guam. He's also five foot ten, with a 72 inch reach and uh, weighing in at 244 pounds. So essentially, he's a uh, lightweight who's <laughs> coming in at heavyweight, which is never good. I mean, I think I, I might have 72 inch reach, and I'm five foot nine. So <laughs> he's he's always going to be the smaller guy at heavyweight. So probably in the wrong division here, buddy. But uh, yeah, he got. Uh, choked out by uh, Romanov back in September. What a what a heavyweight prospect that guy is. Um, this is a guy who fought over in Ryzen and Deep. Don't know anything about him, but uh, he's probably going to lose this fight. That's uh, about all I have to say uh, on this one. All right, moving on here to another prelim bout. Uh, we will have uh, Tony Gravely taking on Geraldo De Freitas. Gravely is 19 and 6, Defratas 12 and 5. Uh, we look at the odds here. They will have uh, Gravely as the minus 140 favorite. Um, yeah, I know nothing about Defratas. I'm pretty sure that's his UFC debut. Uh, Tony Gravely, we did see him make his debut in January. It was against, against Brett Johns, and he got choked out in the third round. And I, if I'm remembering correctly, Gravely was winning. Or at least it was hotly contested the majority of that fight. Because I remember Gravely putting on a, a solid performance. Uh, this was also a guy who came off of the Contender Series. Um, so, I mean, again, just just looking at what's going for him. He's not making his UFC debut. So, you know, hopefully the jitters and, and all that are gone, at least to the extent that they would be there um, when you're making your promotional uh, debut. Uh, Defratas, he's 29 uh, record obviously not um, not amazing. It's not an amazing uh, uh, record, um, but uh, he he he's he's like a lot of Brazilians where they have a just a dog shit record early on, and then they just they get hot like like Marlon Moraes. I think that guy at one point in his career was like tw- he was like five and four, like five four and one or something, and then he just goes on to win like 
oh, like 18 straight fights in a row or something. Maybe he drops one, but like he goes 18 and one, you know, becomes World Series of Fighting champion. Um, and that's that's kind of the case with uh, DeFreitas here. Uh, he, he did lose his um, his last fight. It was a split decision fight was with uh, Chris Gutierrez. So apparently he's been in the promotion for two fights. Um, not not a good thing that I don't recognize your name. I mean, I, I, I know most fighters in the UFC. Obviously not, not all of them. Um, but uh, not very good because I definitely would have watched those two fights and uh, haven't committed a damn thing to memory about this guy. So, you know. I, I don't know. I'll go with DeFreitas, and it's just a coin flip. I, I I don't I don't know. I don't you know. No profound reason. Uh, again, I'll I'll just go with him because he's a slight underdog, and that would look a, that would look slightly impressive if I picked the underdog. So, um, yeah, we'll we'll go uh, DeFreitas. All right, moving on here. Still on the prelims. Uh, we will have a women's strawweight fight here between Randa Marcos and Kanako Murata. Uh, Marcos is 10-9-1. Murata is 11-1. And, and I'll check the rankings here. I don't think Randa Marcos is ranked, although you, you never know because so many fighters have been leaving 115 for 125 that uh, sometimes some weird people get ranked. And uh, okay, yep. So Randa Marcos is ranked. Because so many fighters left straw weight that uh, we just kind of have to throw people in there. So uh, she's not ranked because she deserves to be ranked. She's kind of circumstantially ranked. So that's a big deal for Murata. Um, I mean, I, I guess you make your rankings debut if you win because you beat the number 15 fighter. And... Um, oh, what was that? I forgot the odds here. So the odds have this as... Uh, they don't have odds. <laughs> okay. So there are no odds for this fight. So uh, that's uh, that's interesting. Oh, there they are. Okay. They didn't have them in the, in the correct spot. Uh, so actually, Murata is the uh, minus 190 favorite. I think that's fair. Marcos, um, it's not obviously not the toughest debut because there are, you know, 14 different fighters ranked ahead of her, but that's that's a fairly tough debut. Um, kind of speaks to, to how highly they think of Murata. Um, obviously, 11 and one's pretty darn good for for women's mixed martial arts i mean you see a lot of like 500 records in in uh female mma but she's 27 uh she is only five foot one which yeah that's that's adam weight height that's that's pretty um even for straw weight that's a little small that actually might be the the shortest fighter in in the straw weight division um because i don't think danielle taylor i think she was four foot 11 maybe but i don't think she's in the ufc anymore but that's 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 Tisha Torres sized. Um, but again, this was this was I think she was champ over in uh, in Ryzen, and she she picked up two wins over in Invicta. Um, now her last win in Invicta was a split decision, so you know not a dominant win, but uh, you know there there's no better feeder organization to the UFC than Invicta. So when I see fighters getting wins in Invicta, um, you know that that speaks a lot um you know to their to their fighting resume that's that's a very respectable uh you know b-league organization to work your way up to the ufc so um i i take i take her seriously um and and uh random marcos i mean again like she's 35 she's you know so she's getting up there in age a little bit 
Um, she's, despite being three inches taller, she's actually going to only have, I think, like two inches of uh, reach, which ultimately is really the only thing that matters. I mean, height is kind of irrelevant. Reach is the more um, important stat. Um, but she's on a two-fight losing streak. I mean, she's lost a majority of her last fights. I think her UFC record is something crazy, like it's like five and nine or something. Um, but she's, well, I was going to say been there and done that. She hasn't really done that, but she's been there. She's been there. Been there, hasn't done that. Um, but again, like, she has a split decision win over, like, Carla Esparza, a win over Juliana uh, Lima. She uh, submitted Angela Hill. So, I mean, not not someone to, to be taken lightly, but I am, I am going to go with a newcomer here, uh, Murata. Obviously, obviously by decision. I am not, I am not forecasting uh, a finish for this one. That is, that is to put it mildly. All right, moving on here. Still on the prelims, we'll have a, a bantamweight fight here between Luis Smolka and Jose Alberto Quinones. Uh, Smolka is 16 and seven. Quinones is eight and four. We'll look at the odds from Odds Shark. Uh, they'll have Smolka as the minus 150 favorite. And this, this is a tough fight, again, to pick because it's lower-level UFC, lower-level UFC. So it's it's tough. You know, it, it's not established fighters. It's not, you know, like um, picking main events and co-main events are so much easier because you, you, you likely have, you know, a good body of work to look at. I mean, Smolka has been in the UFC for a while, um, although he's on his second stint. Um, you know, but he basically goes back to like the OG days of, of the flyweight division. Um, almost pretty, basically almost got a title shot at, at one point cause he was 11 and one and, uh, you know, beat, uh, uh, Ben Gwen, but, um, you know, kind of flamed out of the UFC at flyweight. He's five foot nine, uh, which tells me he shouldn't, he never should have been a flyweight to begin with. Um, but then he goes back to the regional circuit, picks up a handful of wins, uh, comes back, and I think he even might have fought a couple of fights at, at flyweight. Um, he, he last lost to uh, Casey Kenny, and uh, again, man, this is so it's so tough to pick because it's a guy on his his last chance in the UFC. Kenny is a good fighter. He is a good fighter. He did get choked out pretty quickly though, so that kind of should tell you something. And Kinones, uh, I don't know, man. I don't know. He had a lot of hype coming off. Uh, he might have won the Ultimate Fighter Latin America two or three or whatever. I I lose track of the international seasons of um, the Ultimate Fighter because they're largely irrelevant. Um, but again, this is a guy. Uh, you know, he he only has three losses in the UFC, but they're at a good fight. I mean, Sean O'Malley is a hype train, but he did get knocked out. And Nathaniel Wood. I mean, they call him the prospect for a reason. Fuck, I, I don't know. These are the fights I just hate to pick. I'm going to go Teco, I guess. And again, I don't even really know why. A, a lot of it is just gut feeling. You know what I mean? It's just... I, I can't explain why. <laughs> there's not a lot... There's not a, Believe me, there's not a lot to like about either fighter uh, when it comes to the, the, the prospects of them you know, being in the UFC. So it's just kind of a crapshoot at this point. Uh, but we will go Jose... Alberto Quinones. Um, yeah, fuck. Uh, split decision. We'll say split decision because could be a close one. All right, moving on here uh, to 
Oh, there's a lot of prelims. Never mind. Um, so another prelim here at uh, 170. Uh, it's between Alex Morono and Reese McKee. Uh, Morono 17 and 6. McKee 10, 3 and 1. Uh, Alex Morono is the minus 175 favorite. And this one's tough to pick because I could. So I'm gonna stay. I'm gonna say right off the bat, I'm picking McKee, and I think this is a trap fight because we saw McKee get absolutely worked in his UFC UFC debut, but it was against Hamzat Jamayev. A lot of guys are gonna get worked by him. I mean, Mearshart got knocked out in 16 seconds. This guy, it's a very, it's it's entirely possible that by like. June of 2021, Hamzat Jamayev is your fucking welterweight champion. It beats Leon Edwards in December, turns around in like March, and and beats Usman. I'm not saying it's the most likely scenario. I'm just saying it's entirely possible. So I think the trap is, well, you know, McKee just got ran through. Yeah, but, you know, you even heard Dana say, and what else is he going to say? But, you know, McKee is a a legitimate prospect. I mean, he does come from uh, Cage Warriors. Yeah, that's a, that's a again that's a very good feeder uh, organization, especially for European prospects. Uh, and and you look at Alex Morono, um, he is coming off of a 27 second knockout from Chaos Williams. So okay, not the greatest last performance, but you know a win over Kanan Song, Zach Otto, Max Griffin. So he has kind of he has beaten some UFC level uh, competition, but um, I don't know just. What is there to say about Alex Morono? He's been in, he's been in the UFC. Okay, cool. He's won some. He's lost some. Very nice. Um, Reese McKee. I'm just gonna bet on the upside and and, and the fact that he is uh, uh, a legitimate prospect. He did get ran through. Okay. He's only 25, six foot two. He's got good height for for welterweight. And uh, again, he was he was running through guys in uh, over in Europe. I mean, he also fought in uh, in Bama as well. He's got a lot of first round knockouts. So. I don't know. I don't think too highly of Alex Morono. I think I think it just comes down to we know what Morono is. We don't really know what Reese McKee is, and I guess that's kind of where the fun is. Uh, you know, that's where the fun lies is 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 figuring out uh, where where the chips land. All right, moving on here to the prelim headliner. Uh, as my computer just has a comp- absolutely complete aneurysm um yeah so it'll be a uh, women's strawweight fight here between ashley yoder and miranda granger yoder is seven and six granger is seven and one odd choice very odd choice to to put as the prelim uh headliner um they probably know what they're doing but uh, odd choice uh miranda granger is actually only the minus 165 favorite which is kind of crazy considering ashley yoder is uh well not good um, but Ashley Yoder, she's seven and six. Uh, she's got she's got good height, five foot seven at 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 straw weight. That's about all I can say about uh, Ashley Yoder. Um, she lost a split or a, a unanimous decision, excuse me, to Lavinia Souza. I want to say she won that fight. I, I again, I don't remember that one completely, but I remember being actually pretty impressed by Ashley Yoder in her last fight. Now you got to consider she's not fighting good talent <laughs> you know what I mean a whole lot of split decisions in the UFC whole lot of them and her uh, her three UFC wins come over uh oh only two 
two UFC wins. Amanda Bobby Cooper, one of the worst female fighters to ever step into the octagon, and Suri Kondo, who I don't know. I don't know if she has a win in the UFC. So she's like two and six in the UFC. Basically just here as a stepping stone for Miranda Granger, and I think they're correct. I think Granger's going to win this one. Um, legitimate prospect. Uh, who also has good size too, five foot seven. So I mean, the best feature about Ashley Yoder is uh, is kind of negated. Uh, she did lose uh, about a year ago uh, to Amanda Lemos um, by uh, a rear naked choke. Um, so only one one in the UFC, but um, a lot a lot of finishes. And uh, I don't know. You know what? I'll say, I'll say Gra- uh, Granger finishes Yoder. I think she finishes her. Uh, she'll choke her out by armbar. Uh, because I, I think I read something where like 40% of female submissions are uh, by armbar. So always uh, a nice little uh, tidbit to throw in there. Um, all right, let's see here. Now moving on to the main card opener. Uh, I believe this order is correct. To be honest, I honestly don't really know. Because <laughs> that uh, I've seen conflicting reports on what the main event or uh, the, the main card consists of and what it doesn't. So uh, take that with a grain of salt. Um, let's see here. Do we get everything? Yeah. Okay. So we got we got all the fights correct. So all the fights we are are, are picking are fights that are going to happen. Uh, but the order is uh, to be determined. So I guess it's more apt to say a, a main card bout here uh, between Brendan Allen and Sean Strickland. Strickland is twenty one and three. Allen is fifteen and three. Uh, we'll take a look here at the North Star Sports UFC middleweight rankings. They will show that Brendan Allen is uh, coming in at number 15. And he was supposed to fight last week against number 13, Ian Heinish. But Ian Heinish must have licked a doorknob or something because he caught uh, COVID. Um, tough turn of events for Brendan Allen because uh, you go... You go now, it would have been a tough fight with Ian Heinish. Don't get me wrong. That guy is built like Sean Shirk if he was at 185 pounds. But you're facing a tough opponent in Sean Strickland who's just coming back from a long layoff, got a dominant victory uh, like fucking three weeks ago or something. Uh, let's let's see here. Um, two weeks ago. Two weeks ago he got a dominant victory over Jack Marshman. Uh, and, and, and he's not ranked. So you, if you're Brendan Allen... You go from facing the number 13 guy in the division to a guy who's not ranked, has no hype, nobody knows his name, but it's still a really fucking tough fight. Uh, and uh, he's probably not going to move up in the rankings because of beating Sean Strickland. So, uh, yeah, that's that's a tough turn of events. I still think Brendan Allen gets it done. I, I think that guy's probably a future champ or, or at the bare minimum a guy who in a year, year and a half from now will be in the top five. I think very highly of this guy. He's incredibly, incredibly well-rounded. Um, I, I guess I'd like to see his striking improved a, a little bit. I wouldn't say he's like an extremely polished elite-level striker, but again, he's just so well-rounded everywhere. Um, I, I think he gets it done. I don't know if he gets the finish uh, because, uh, I don't know, Sean Strickland doesn't uh, doesn't exactly get finished a lot. I don't think he's... Uh, oh, he got knocked out by uh, Alessio Zaleski de Santos, but again... He lost to Kamaru Usman and Alessio Zaleski de Santos, and those are his only two losses uh, since 2015. And then the loss in 2015 was to Santiago Ponzinibbio. So uh, Sean Strickland's not a pushover. 
this is definitely a trap fight for uh, Brendan Allen, but uh, I think he gets it done. Um, he is the minus 125 favorite, so um, <coughs> odds makers think he'll win, but that's pretty fucking close. That's damn near just straight up a pick him. Uh, but I like him, you know, 24 years old. Uh, I, I, I really feel strongly about this guy. I mean, he's just kind of ran through almost everybody in the UFC. Again, came from the LFA, great feeder system. Uh, finishes rear naked choke uh, in the first and second round over uh, Aaron Jeffrey and Kevin Holland, respectively knocked out Tom Breeze. Had a really tough fight with Kyle Dawkins, but that was still a 29-28 victory for Brendan Allen uh, in my mind. And I think even, well, I think even on the scorecards, but you know what I mean? Dawkins took a fucking beating. Um, but yeah, I, you know, whatever. It's it's another payday. It's another win. Um, you know, it's another fight on a, on a main card for Brendan Allen and, and hopefully... You know, his next fight, he'll, he'll get somebody in the, well, hopefully at that point in the top 10. You know what I mean? There's definitely some guys. I don't know who all exactly has fights scheduled, but like, eh, I don't know. Why not throw him in there against number 11, Omari Akhmedov? Or Edmund Shabazian. And that doesn't make a, it makes sense because it's 15 versus 12. It doesn't make sense from the standpoint of you're putting a 24-year-old prospect against a 22-year-old prospect. But I don't know. The UFC has pitted prospects against prospects before, so it wouldn't, you know, be uh, wouldn't be the first time they've done that. And it would be a hell of a fight too. And it would be a fight that would happen, and the rematch possibility would be there because both those guys are going to be in the UFC for a long time, even if they're not champs, even if you know they're they're already in the rankings at such a young age that you know that that sets up the possibility of a rematch, you know, two, three, four, five years from now, and. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's an interesting storyline. All right, moving on here. Still on the main card. As uh, God damn, never buy an HP computer. I swear to God. Um, we'll have a strawweight fight here between Kay Hansen and Corey McKenna. Perfect fucking example of the UFC putting two very young prospects against each other. Which, again. I, I'm for I'm for this in very specific examples, um, but in something like this, ah, it doesn't make a whole lot of fucking sense. But Kay Hansen seven and three, Corey McKenna five and one. Uh, Kay Hansen is the minus two twenty five favorite, and um, yeah, again, like, this is another weird fight to to try to predict because it, they're just so young. I don't, you know what I mean. There's so Kay Hansen's 21. I think Corey McKenna is 21 as well. Yeah, 21 as well. So it's so it's so weird because we've seen them, you know, uh, we, well we've seen McKenna on the Contender Series back in August, and I'm not trying to get too hyperbolic, but like three months since then, like she could have got way better. <laughs> like you know what I mean? Like you're so young in the game that like. It's tough. You can look at their previous performances for a litmus test, but I don't know how the fuck they train. Like, it's it's not like you're making your debut at 30 and you've been doing BJJ for seven years, so what's the difference between seven years of BJJ and seven years and two months of BJJ? It's like, no, these are very fucking young fighters. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to pick Kay Hansen on this one. I did like her performance against Jin Yu Fry um, in her UFC debut. Um... I'm trying to. I'm trying to remember. I she she obviously choked her out at the end, but I think she was just. I think she was just winning anyway, and then the finish was was a bonus. 
Again, maybe this sets up a rematch possibility. I know absolutely nothing about Corey McKenna, and I, I actually know very little about Kay Hansen, but uh, we'll go Kay Hansen. Um, the fighter that supposedly turned down going to Harvard to, to pursue a fighting career, which is one of the dumbest fucking things I've ever fucking heard in my entire life. It almost makes me hope that's not true, because that is, like, profoundly stupid. Because you could get your degree from Harvard and then fight. You could still train while you're at Harvard, but to turn down a, uh, an opportunity to go to Harvard, that is one of the dumbest things, if true, I have possibly ever heard. A Harvard degree, which would get you a job anywhere on the goddamn planet, or brain damage. Ah, let's go brain damage. All right, moving on. Uh, again, like I said, I was a little confused on the order, but I'm fairly certain that the co-main event is Abdul Razak Al-Hassan versus Chaos Williams. Uh, we'll take a look here at the odds from Odds Shark. They'll have uh, Al-Hassan. Al-Hassan or Al-Hassan? I think it's Al-Hassan. I always fuck this guy's name up. My apologies. Um, but he's the minus 250 favorite. Um, rightfully so. And this this is a good one. Uh, again, does it deserve to be co-main event? Hmm... I get, well, I guess because all, all the fights getting canceled, it does, but ordinarily, no. But uh, this will be a good one. Now, Al Hassan, this guy has fucking insane power. Insane power. Uh, he's getting up there in age. He is 35, but his power is fucking ridiculous. Uh, now, he, he did lose to Munir Lazez, and that was a really good back-and-forth fight uh, back on Fight Island, the, the, the first iteration of it. And, uh, yeah, I don't know that. I don't know if it got fight of the night, but it should have. Now, he's he's knocked out Nico Price in 43 seconds. He's knocked out Sabah Homasa twice in a row. How did that happen? I'd love to know the story behind that. Okay, so that's weird. Uh, I'll, have to, I'll have to look that up later. I wonder why that is. Um, a split decision loss sprinkled in there to Omari Akhmedov. But this guy's power is fucking ridiculous. And, you know what? I was kind of considering going for Chaos Williams, especially because he's got a fucking cool name. But I see, I hopefully this is accurate, but Abdul Razak Al-Hassan on Tapology says he was born in Minneapolis, Minnesota. So you know what? I don't give a fuck. I don't care if Al-Hassan was taking on fucking Israel Adesanya and he was the, the minus fucking... Actually, no, I guess that'd be the favorite. If he was the plus 1,000 underdog, we stick with our own here at North Star Sports. Any fighter who was born in the great state of Minnesota, or more specifically from Minneapolis, I'm going to pick them for every motherfucking fight. I'm never going to pick against a Minnesota guy. So my secret's out there, but you know what I mean? That changes everything for me. Everything. I hope... Judo Thunder Abdul Razak Al Hassan fucking sends Chaos Williams to another goddamn dimension. I had no idea. I have a whole new appreciation for Al Hassan. Now he's fighting out of Dallas, Texas, so I don't like I don't like the fact that he's not training in Minnesota, but he he's one of our own. Um and then Chaos Williams, uh looking at him. Uh, he is 10-1. Uh, we mentioned it earlier, but uh, he, he's coming off of that 27-second knockout of uh, Alex Morono. That was actually his UFC debut. Uh, and you look at his regional scene uh, record. 
whole lot of first round knockouts whole lot of first round knockouts but again we don't know a whole lot he's only been in the octagon for 27 seconds you know Al Hassan's been here for years and he's a Minnesotan so you know what we're going with uh, Al Hassan and fuck it we'll go first round knockout I, th- I think he knocks him out quicker than 27 seconds how about that how about that I think he knocks I think he knocks him out mm, 12 seconds into the fight I think he knocks him out 12 seconds into the fight that's that's how dominant ARA is going to be all right, moving on here to the main event of the evening. It's a lightweight fight here between Paul the Irish Dragon Felder and Rafael Dos Anjos. Felder is 17 and 5, Dos Anjos is 29 and 13. We'll look at the odds here from uh, North Star Sports and they'll have Paul Felder as the number 7 lightweight and uh, Rafael Dos Anjos obviously the former UFC lightweight champion. He is currently ranked at number nine in the welterweight division. I don't think he's fought at lightweight since November of 2016. I want to say, maybe even 2015. He's been up. He's been up at, at welterweight for a minute. Um, this is a good one. I am excited. I was still excited for Makachev and Dos Anjos, but. Uh, God, I love Paul Felder. I really fucking do. And it pains me to say this. Pains me to say this, but I get I get paid the big bucks to make picks, okay? I can't put personal agendas ahead of my picks. Unless you're from Minnesota, then obviously I'm going to pick you. But it pains me to say this, but I got to make correct picks because I got, I got a money weight strap to defend. I got to go with RDA on this one. I think RDA wins. Pains me to say it, and I'm going to... I got to admit... I hope Paul Felder wins. I really do. Nothing against RDA because he's a very respectable guy. He does everything correct. He's had one of the toughest schedules over the last five, six, seven years in UFC history. Uh, you know what I mean? Very, very underrated. One of the one of the, the better fighters the UFC has ever seen. Uh, but I am rooting for Paul Felder. He's a very likable guy. I like Paul Felder. Uh, I, I didn't know the situation with his dad. Very sad story, but uh, yeah, I fucking love Paul Felder, and he's been just screwed over on some decisions. That Dan Hooker decision, listen, I'm not going to lie, that was a close fight, no doubt, but that was a home country decision. Everybody knows it. Paul Felder won that fight. Again, it was close. I'm not saying it was a robbery. I'm not. I'm definitely not saying it's a robbery, because you know, you know me. People like to throw around robberies for any old run-of-the-mill decision they disagree with. I save robberies for for you know very specific fights you know what i mean so that when i i'm not just the boy who cried wolf i'm not just the the bloody elbow fucking employee who cried uh robbery you know what i mean when i say robbery i mean robbery because i only use it i only use that term like three times a year and i'm not saying that was a robbery i could see how you could score it for or uh for for dan hooker but paul felder won that fight he did i don't care if you don't like it he won that fight and uh, if he won that fight, he would probably be ranked, like, number four right now. And, you know, he'd be facing Tony Ferguson or, you know what I mean? He'd be fighting the best of the best with a chance to, you know, fight for the belt if he won that fight. So it set him back a little bit. But um, I got to go RDA. But again, I'm rooting for Paul Felder. Very possible he wins this fight. Now, the odds have it as Dos Anjos as the minus 190 favorite. 
I think that's I think that's fair, but I you know, I think it's also fair to question like okay. You're getting up there in age a little bit, RDA. Now you're not you're not an old man, but you're getting up there. You know what I mean? You're you're 36 years old and uh, you've been at welterweight. You're five by, by the way, you're 5 foot 8. So a 5 foot 8 fighter should be at lightweight or featherweight, maybe bantamweight. But but certainly like if you were to do like average height and where it would place you in a weight class, that probably would place you like right in between featherweight and lightweight. So he's been at welterweight, and fair enough, because you typically have to move up weight classes as you get older. But, like, now you're going back down to lightweight. Ah, that's a 15-pound difference. Obviously, he made weight, but did he make weight and can perform at his best? I guess, you know, that remains to be seen. You know, just because, I don't know, man, You just your body's ballooned up, even if it's just a little bit, to go up to welterweight, and now you're going back down. It's, it's just a, a talking point. It's not, you know, my main fucking selling point, but... You know, it, it's something to consider. And, um, again, like I, like I said, this guy's had one of, the, one of the toughest schedules in UFC history. I think the only person who's probably had a tougher schedule over the last, like, seven years is John Jones. Because John Jones has had the toughest schedule of all time. But, like, man. So, like, okay, RDA's lost four of his last five fights. All to very, very fucking good, like, top seven guys. You know what I mean? No shame in that. No shame in that. You know what I mean? It, it just means you're not an elite contender, but most people aren't. And he's been a, he's been a champ before, and I don't need to fucking sit here and give him a pep talk. You know what I mean? But, again, these are very tough guys. Colby Covington, Kamaru Usman, Leon Edwards, Michael Chiesa. You know what I mean? He, he choked out Kevin Lee in, in between that losing streak. So, you know, fucking tough guys. Lawler, Magny, Safadine. Um, who was a champ over in uh, uh, Strike Force? Tony Ferguson, Eddie Alvarez, Cowboy Cerrone. Before that, Anthony Pettis, Nate Diaz, Benson Henderson, Khabib Nurmagomedov. Before he had any fucking clout behind his name, Cowboy Cerrone. Again, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like Jesus Christ, you couldn't find a tougher fucking schedule since. Well, the, the Cerrone fight was, the Cerrone fight was 2013. So yeah, so yeah, the last seven years all former champs, all very highly ranked guys, and, uh, you know, listen, he's won some, he's lost some, he's won more than he's lost, so that should tell you something, fighting these elite guys where, uh, or elite might be a little too much, but fighting these really great ranked guys, that should tell you a lot about him, you know what I mean, he knocked the fuck out of Benson Henderson, he knocked the fuck out of Cowboy Cerrone, you know what I mean, he choked out Neil Magny, so again, you know what I mean, it's, you could fall into the trap of being like, well, he's lost a lot of fights recently. Mm, okay, okay, you can think that. You can think that, but that's not exactly... It's not too relevant in this individual fight here because he's he still put on a great performance even when he lost. He still put on a great performance against Colby Covington. Now, he definitely lost. He definitely lost, but he didn't, he didn't give up. He gassed out a little bit, but didn't give up. Tough, tough guy. And that's the thing, too, with Paul Felder fucking tough guy it is almost impossible to finish Paul Felder so I'm picking RDA by decision I I re- honestly I don't I, I don't even think of well it's definitely possible don't get me wrong but like I don't even think it's remotely probable that that a finish a finish comes in this fight like I, I think it's just gonna be a slug him out I think I, I think it will be a kickboxing match I really do I think it'll be a lot like the Dan Hooker fight 
uh, or the well, the Edson Barboza fight for that matter. It, it's just going to be a kickboxing match, and and that's going to be interesting. That's going to be interesting. But again, listen, we'll see. Rooting for Paul Felder, but uh, this this is a tough one, and this is a very very good main event. I'm ex- I'm actually more excited that it's Paul Felder and not Islam Makachev. And uh, you know, Paul Felder is a fucking G. He's a fucking G, and I hope he's getting paid very well to come in here on six days' notice, which I'm sure he is. I'm sure he is. But, you know, the the, the stakes are still very high for both of these fighters because, um, you know, if Khabib has retired, if he has retired, or even if he hasn't, he probably, even if Khabib comes back, he only has one more fight. So the lightweight division is finally opening up because a dominant champion is has either left or is leaving very soon. So it's opened up. Now it's a possibility that other people could be the lightweight champ because n- fucking nobody was beating Khabib. So if you're Dosanjos, oh, that's a lot of red on his record. That's a lot of losses. But guess fucking what? If he beats Paul Felder, he'll become number seven in the lightweight division, and then he's right there. Then he's right there. Then he's then he's just a win over Tony Ferguson or a win over Portier or a win over well maybe not one win over Oliveira but you know then he's just a win or two away from fighting for the belt, you know anything is possible, and for Paul Felder, listen you beat RDA on short notice that's a baller move, I hate to say it I hate to say it and I know he doesn't think like this and I know that probably no fighter thinks like this. But there is a built-in excuse if you lose to RDA that I'm sure Paul Felder, because he's a very stand-up guy, will not take. But it is a very valid excuse, not even an excuse, just a very valid part of the whole fucking storyline, that, hey, it was on six days' notice. If I get if I get a 12-week training camp, I'll beat the fuck out of RDA. You know what I mean? So you, you have that. You get paid handsomely. Your name is on the main event. And, and, you know, not only that, but your name's the first name on the main event. And if you get a win, uh, you know, maybe you go, maybe you take over at number six, number five, maybe. And then you're you're still right there for a, a big name fight against like a Gaethje or a Poirier or a or Ferguson or more likely for Paul Felder, like a Charles Oliveira. You know what I mean? Because uh, they're very hesitant to, to book those elite marketable guys. Um, and you also beat a former champion. That's I mean, that, that would definitely be the best win on Paul Felder's record would be RDA, you know, former champ. So it's a legacy fight in a sense for, for Paul Felder, not really a legacy fight for, for RDA, more of a, I, I want to get firmly entrenched in the top 10, damn near top five of, of a division I haven't been in for four years. Um, so the, the stakes are very high. They're very high. So with that, we'll wrap it up here. Um, again, you can follow me on Twitter at Owen Ely M and the mailman at Owen the mailman. Northstar Sports at Northstar M-I-N. Be sure to check out our website at northstarsports.media. We'll have updated rankings uh, like 15 minutes after the fight. Um, we're, we're definitely the quickest to do rankings, and they're definitely the most accurate. Our, our rankings are, are, are better than anybody else's. There's a, there's a reason we do rankings, because they are the best. Um, and again, the main card showdown will take place... I don't know, whenever the whenever the main card starts, you know, I don't know, like 7 p.m. or something, but should be a good one. Uh, you know, we're, we're, I'm in the process of getting the correct picks because I had incorrect picks sent to me by uh, uh, Giordano, but uh, we do have uh, Reagan Hooverman in for this one, uh, um, the fireman in for this one. So, I mean, it, it'll be a fun night of fights and a fun night of picking. So with that, we'll wrap it up. Thanks for tuning in, everybody.